Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Welcome to Royally Us. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, we look back at the life and legacy of Prince Philip, how Queen Elizabeth is coping with the news, and how his family, including Harry and William, have reacted to the prince's death at 99. As always, I am joined by Molly Mulshine, the host of the Diva Behavior Podcast. And this week, we are joined by royal author Andrew Morton, who takes us inside Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth's love story, and royal biographer Ingrid Seward, who reveals how Harry and William may interact at Prince Philip's funeral. Molly, what a life we're going to talk about today. I know. Nine decades of history making and building a legacy. It's really interesting it stuff. It really is. It really is. Well, this week, the royal family, the United Kingdom, and people all over the world are mourning the loss of Prince Philip, who died on April 9th. I mean, just the accomplishments that he has had over these nine decades is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy to think that he served in the war and that wasn't even like the beginning of how interesting and insane his life was going to be. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's get to our royal roundup and kick it off with how the royal family has been reacting to this sad news. Following his death, the palace released a statement saying it is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen announces the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness, the Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. I mean, what was the initial reaction in the UK when uh, news broke? Because I know here it was about seven o'clock in the morning and, you know, everything breaking news all over the TV. And there, you know, obviously it's a lot of sadness. Yeah, that's what it was like here. I think the main thing was people were just so upset to see any family losing its grandfather. Mm -hmm. And this is at the end of a year when that's been the case for a lot of people, even more people than usual. So people could kind of relate to that in that way. And of course, we had the wall-to-wall TV coverage over here. Mm -hmm. All of the billboards that were that are digital in London sort of went black and had his name and his portrait on them. So it was definitely um, some something to think about for it was like a reflective time for the yeah. UK I would say yeah and obviously because of COVID things have changed they encourage people not to lay flowers and spend too much time outside of Buckingham Palace but they did do the tradition of putting the statement out on the easel but they didn't leave it up for very long right 
Right. Yeah. They didn't, they don't want crowds to gather. So everything has been sort of modified and they've actually asked people to donate to charities instead of leaving flowers, which I found kind of surprising because they never usually ask people to, to donate. So that was interesting. Yeah, Yeah, it is sad. I mean, we know we've talked about it on the show over the past several months. He has, his health has been failing. He was in and out of the hospital. He just underwent heart surgery. So, you know, I, don't think it was unexpected, but still a great shock as, you know, we're going to hear from Prince Edward who spoke out about that as well coming up in a little bit. But we wanted to say that he will, that Prince Philip will be laid to rest on April 17th and it will be a ceremonial funeral, but the ceremonial elements will be scaled back because of no public processions and the Royal household will have to adhere to all the, the COVID guidelines. And that means only 30 people will be in attendance. So definitely a lot different than, what you would have imagined. Right. So it seems that all of the prince's children will be there with their partners. It seems that the grandchildren will also be there with their partners, with the exception of Megan, obviously, who has gotten medical advice not to travel. Mm -hmm. The great-grandchildren will not be in attendance, according to the reports that we've seen. And the prime minister of the UK has decided not to go so that he can open up a spot for another family member. So they're really adhering to these protocols. And, you know, I think it's knowing what we know about Prince Philip's personality, this is probably the way he would have wanted it. Not a big fuss. So I guess it kind of works out, but yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially for the Royal family who's so used to these big public processions. Right. Definitely. Yes. We'll definitely look a little bit different, but I'm sure he will be greatly remembered by everybody and it will be televised. So a lot of people can tune in and pay their respects that way. Um, But following his death, Prince Charles spoke out making an emotional statement about his father. Take a look. My dear papa was a, was a very special person who I think above all else would have been amazed by the reaction and the touching things that have been said about him. And from that point of view, we are, my family, deeply grateful for all that. It will sustain us in this particular loss and at this particularly sad time. I mean, I feel like this is the most candid we've seen Charles speak about his father ever. Right. (laughs) There was a period in the early 90s when he had his biography coming out by Jonathan Dimbleby when he was talking candidly about their relationship, sort of saying that they were never seeing eye to eye Mm -hmm. and that they had sort of a strained relationship. And it was very surprising to people at the time, I think, that he spoke out about that. But now from this statement, you can see that they've really grown a lot closer, I think. No, definitely. Calling him his dear papa, you know, it definitely uh, seems like they've made a lot of strides in their relationship over the past uh, several years. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, obviously it's so sad. And Prince Philip's other children, Prince Andrew and Prince Edward, also spoke out saying how much they will miss their father and how Queen Elizabeth is doing amazing following the death of her husband. So take a look at that. It's, uh, it's been a bit, of a, a bit of a shock. However much one tries to prepare oneself for, for something like this, it's, it's, still a, it's still a dreadful shock, and, and uh, we're still trying to come to terms with that. And it's very, very sad. But I have to say that the extraordinary tributes and the memories that everybody has had and been willing to share has been so fantastic. I mean, I, I think it was surprising that Prince Andrew spoke out. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say. I mean, it seems also a little bit strange to just kind of sneak in at a moment when no one's really allowed to say anything about, 
his recent scandals. Mm-hmm. I was really shocked by that. And also, I don't know if him opening the floodgates of speaking to reporters is like the best idea for right. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very surprising. Probably wasn't best timing. <laughs> Probably wasn't the right move. But, you know, that's besides the point. It's all about Prince Philip now. And Prince Edward said some really nice things about it, too. And he said, you know, obviously, it, it, is, it is a shock, even though it was expected. And they shared some really nice stories about him and how so many people have given so much love in the wake of his death. And, you know, it's not really that surprising that I guess the queen is doing as best as she can be because, you know, she's kind of held this family together for so long. Yeah. And unfortunately, she has been through a lot of loss, starting Mm -hmm. with her father when she was only in her early 20s. And then her mother and her sister, who were really her best friends, kind of passed away in rapid succession a few years ago. And now this, it's like, you know, you just can't imagine what that would feel like. No, definitely. Well, we're going to take a a deeper dive into she and uh, Philip's love story with Andrew a little bit later on. But before we get to that, all that, we wanted to say that Prince William and Prince Harry also released statements of their own, reflecting on what an amazing grandfather and great-grandfather Prince Philip was. Harry said, he will be remembered as the longest reigning consort to the monarch, a decorated serviceman, a prince, and a duke. But to me, like many of you who have lost a loved one or grandparent over the pain of this past year, he was my grandpa, master of the barbecue, legend of banter, and cheeky right till the end. And now William in his own statement said, my grandfather was an extraordinary man and part of an extraordinary generation. Catherine and I will continue to do what he would have wanted and will support the queen in the years ahead. I will miss my grandpa, but I know he would want us to get on with the job. I love that they like shared some like private memories as well and showed that, you know, the prince was just a fun guy. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like he would have been a really fun grandpa. And I love how their statements each sort of reflected their own personalities. Mm -hmm. Like Harry's is sort of talking about the banter and Williams is talking about the duty and moving ahead. And, and I found it interesting in Williams statement that he, talked about supporting the queen in the years ahead Mm -hmm. rather than the monarchy as a whole. That was just really interesting to me because, you know, I guess he just is wanting to say that there's not going to be that many changes. Like, don't worry, we're keeping steady. So yeah, Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty and William and Harry will both be at the funeral and it will be the first time the two have seen each other in over a year. It'll be the first time Harry has seen any members of the royal family in over a year. So how will they be towards each other and what was their relationship like with their grandfather? Well, royal biographer and author of Prince Philip Revealed, Ingrid Seward reveals all. Take a look. Both William and Harry released pretty uh, touching tributes to their grandfather. How would you describe their relationship with Prince Philip? I think they they both had a very good relationship with Prince Philip. I mean, they they would joke together. They would you know they go to rugby matches together. They they would you know although Harry uh, and William didn't you know follow the same sports particularly as Philip. I mean, Philip was very very keen on carriage driving, but they did play polo, mm-hmm. and I think that they just you know they they thought he was great. They thought he was pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I know that William called him a legend. Mm-hmm. And I think Harry said that, you know, Grandpa's really, you know, looks really cool with his shades on and everything. Um, so I think that they, they were very fond of him. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the first time Harry has seen his family in over a year at the funeral. Do you think this is going to help them put their differences behind them? 
I think for the period that Harry is here, they will very much put their differences behind them. I, I, I think that Harry will want to get back to Meghan as soon as it, this, you know, as soon as the funeral is over. And he'll probably return to, to California, you know, uh, may, maybe the next day or maybe later that, maybe later on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't have a great deal of time uh, to be in, an, in a potentially embarrassing situation with his family. I mean, there's no way they're going to be anything other than absolutely charming to him and vice versa, mm-hmm. because there's no point. It's not about Harry this day, and Harry knows that it's about his grandfather. And I think, I mean, everyone is going to be watching the body language, but I think that we won't see anything that tells us anything apart from the fact that they're going to all put on a very good show. Yeah. Did Philip and Harry's relationship change at all when he decided to leave the royal family? Yes, I, I, I think that, that Philip was incredibly disappointed mm-hmm. and, and saddened and angry. I think all, all three of those things. Um, he never thought it would happen. He, he, he had, you know, he just never thought Harry would ever do anything like that. He, you know, he, he saw Harry as very much being able to take his mantle of military patronages and colonel-in-chief of lots of things. And I think he, he thought Harry would be a great support to his, to Prince Charles, to, to the queen uh, and to his own brother. So he, he was visibly very, very upset when Harry decided, you know, to get out. How was Prince Philip there for Harry and William when their mother passed away? Prince Philip was very much there for them. Um, he, well, the, the boys were at Balmoral at the time and Prince Philip took them out on the hill to go shooting or walking or whatever would distract them. Certainly keep them well away from the television and all the goings on in, in, in the house. And um, he, he's just a sort of man and he was just so practical. He would, you know, he was very good. And he's also very good with young people. A lot of his charities are connected to young people. He's very good with young people. And he kind of looked after them, made, made them, you know, made, made them laugh and, you know, you know, gave them confidence. So much so that, uh, well, William didn't want to walk behind his mother's uh, gun carriage. Um, but, 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 Prince Philip said it said to him, you know, William, I think it's something you might live to regret. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if you don't want to walk on your own, I'll walk with you. And he did. And and if you see that bit of footage, you'll see when they went go under the archway, under Admiralty Arch, Prince Philip puts his arm around William. Um, so I think he was very supportive during during that period. I mean, everybody is going to be watching this. I know. And it's just going to be on the front page of every paper in the UK, probably in the US too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there. The only thing we can hope is that it's not a replay of Commonwealth Day last year when William and Catherine sort of snubbed Harry and Meghan, because that is an image that I think is going to live on in everyone's minds. I feel like they will put their differences aside for this. And, you know, they're going to be walking together. And, you know, like you said, so many people are going to be analyzing what they're going to be saying to each other, their looks that they're going to be give each other. But on the grand scheme of things, they have to remember that this is all about Prince Philip. And I think that they will put their differences aside. 
Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, royal journalist and author of Elizabeth and Margaret, The Intimate World of the Windsor Sisters, Andrew Morton, he opened up to us about Prince Philip's legacy and his seven-decade love story with Queen Elizabeth. Well, I think that the Queen will have anticipated this because she will know, she will have known the, the, the medical prognosis. I think the, 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 the positive thing to have come out of it is that the Queen and Prince Philip have spent more time together in the last year because of COVID. They've both been uh, uh, forced to stay at Windsor Castle than they have during them since, since they were living in Malta when they were just married in 1949-50. So, you know... Uh, Prince Philip has been ailing for some time. We've all known that. And if you're living with somebody, as the Queen was, you'll you'll get you'll pick up on those nuances far more clearly than than we will. So I don't think it will have been it will have come as an unexpected blow. I think you talk a little bit about in the book about Philip and Elizabeth's love story. I mean, how would you describe their relationship over you know seven plus decades? Well, they're they're, they're like two. You know, giant boulders, really. You know, or or oak trees, or something like that. That they've 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 grown together, and it's it's interesting that when Princess Elizabeth first met um, Prince Philip, when she she was only thirteen, and you know she was enamoured with him, he barely gave her a second glance because. She she was um, what she was what thirteen, but she was wearing the, the same clothes as her sister Margaret and the Queen Mother or the Queen as she was then had a tendency to dress them alike, and that made Elizabeth look a lot younger. Anyway, he, after spending a few minutes jumping over a, a tennis court net, uh, Prince Philip got bored of that, so he, he waded his way through a couple of plates of shrimps, and and. For Margaret, that was just so heroic. Anybody who could eat that many shrimps was um, was you had to uh, uh, idealize. Uh, as for Princess Elizabeth, she saw this kind of Vic blonde Viking character and was rather enraptured. And it's interesting that during the war, that they didn't see an awful lot of one another, but um, they did keep in touch by letter. And it was clear that there was a, a very strong romance there from almost the get-go. And, and both daughters of George VI, Elizabeth and Margaret, fell in love at a very early age. Uh, Elizabeth, age 13, Margaret, when she was 16 in South Africa in 1947, uh, when she uh, went out riding with group captain Peter Townsend, who was then a married man. So she thought that Philip must be either stupid or brave to marry Elizabeth. Could you explain that? Well, I think she was she she thought that uh, Philip was very brave. And when you look back at uh, what he had to go through, you know, compared to the, some of the newer arrivals into the royal family, it, he had a really tough time. Uh, the Queen and uh, the King, George VI, they were not overly enthusiastic um they they talked about we four the the, the quartet and he didn't and george the sixth didn't really want to break them up the courtiers were very skeptical of, of philip um they thought he was far too much of a a brash arrogant young man uh, didn't think he'd be faithful to elizabeth and then you've got the aristocracy 
who were, were opposed. They uh, they thought that you know he was a, a low, although he was royal, he was from a you know a, not a, a particularly um, well known royal family, even though he was an ancestor of Queen Victoria. So there was a, there was a degree of snobbery there as well because he wasn't. He, he hadn't served in the guards. He hadn't been to Eton or, or Harrow. He'd been to a, a, a college in the north of Scotland called Gordonston. Um, he'd lived a fairly rackety life. His, his father had gone to the south of France and lived with his mistress. Uh, his mother had been put in, into an institution. So he'd lived a very precarious life for a long time. But he just, as he would always say, he just got on with it. He didn't reflect and think what a rough life he's had. And he really had to work hard to win over people inside the court uh, so that, that they would look favourably on him. So, you know, Margaret's assessment that he was, bra- that he was brave is uh, pretty well spot on. I mean, what a love story. A lot of people cannot be married for 73 years. <laughs> I know. It's really impressive. <laughs> it really, it really is. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on our royal kids. And William, in his statement, opened up about the moments that Prince George, Prince Louis, and Princess Charlotte spent with their great-grandfather. And this was so cute. They shared such a beautiful picture of Prince George and Prince Philip together on, their, on his carriage, which I thought was so great. I had no idea he was such a fan of driving a carriage around. Oh, neither did I. What a fun <laughs> no. thing for your grandfather to do. Seriously, I'm just going to pick you up in my carriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was such a sweet photo. And, you know, William said in the statement that what went along with it that he will never take for granted the special memories his children will have of their great-grandpa. So that was really nice. And it's great, of course, uh, the Duchess of Cambridge took the photo. So I'm sure there are many more photos where that came from, and they'll all remember it forever. I mean, amazing. Ten great-grandchildren. I mean, a lot of people don't live to see any of their great-grandchildren, but just to have ten, that's pretty pretty phenomenal. Ten, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a third of the funeral guests. I know, right? No wonder they can't have them. I know, I know. Well, what a life, what a legacy. That is it for this week's episode of Royal AS. Keep commenting, keep subscribing. Molly, thank you as always. Thank you, Christina. All right, we'll see you guys next week. 